Hello and welcome to Talking Indonesia podcast. This is your host, Charlotte Satyadi from Singapore Management University in Singapore. Yogyakarta in central Java is a city famous for its bustling cultural scene and its cosmopolitan artistic atmosphere. However, the COVID-19 pandemic has ground Yogyakarta's art scene almost to a halt. Amidst the health restrictions and regulations against public gatherings, it has almost been impossible for artists to continue performing, and this situation has severely affected their livelihoods. In Yogyakarta alone, over the last 18 months of the pandemic, it has been estimated that at least 172,000 creative workers have had to seek alternative sources of income to make ends meet and continue their artistic endeavors. Many of these creative workers are young artists who have now been left wondering about what the future may hold for them as the pandemic continues without an end in sight. How have Yogyakarta's young artists managed during the pandemic? What strategies have they implemented to try to make ends meet while still channeling their creative passions in this time of new normal during the pandemic? Furthermore, what can the government, civil society, and the public at large do to support young creative workers during these troubled times? To discuss these questions further, I speak to Dr. Oki Rahadianto Sutopo about a research project on young creative workers in Yogyakarta that he recently conducted with a team of researchers that included one of our Talking Indonesia co-hosts, Dr. Anissa Beta from Melbourne University. Dr. Oki Rahadianto Sutopo is a lecturer in sociology and the executive director of the Youth Studies Center at the Faculty of Social and Political Sciences in Gajah Mada University in Yogyakarta. Aki earned his PhD in sociology from the University of Newcastle, and his main research interests include youth studies, youth transition, and youth culture, uh, as well as the study of generational differences. Okay, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Oki Rahadianto from University of Gajah Mada in Yogyakarta. How are you today? Good, Charlotte. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Awesome, my pleasure. Um, I uh, I'm very grateful that you can talk to me today uh, because of an important topic that we're talking about, which is about uh, the situation for young people in Indonesia during uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, and in particular, you and your team of researchers, which includes one of our Talking Indonesia co-hosts, uh, Dr. Anissa Beta from University of Melbourne, recently published a paper about the impacts of COVID-19 on Yogyakarta young creative workers. I was wondering whether you can tell us a little bit about the background of the study. Okay, sure. Uh, thank you. So uh, related to that study, it's basically uh, were inspired by what happened in everyday life during the first wave of uh, pandemic in Yogyakarta. Yeah? So as you know, uh, it's a it's a social distancing and then there is a micro lockdown and then and it's kind of like a situation where everyone kind of confused yeah okay what what what's actually happened in you know in in life you know so 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 based on that everyday life uh, experience we also noticed that one of the 
most important sector that got an impact from this pandemic is actually about the creative uh, sector. Yeah, especially it's a, it's a sector that that many young people are um, doing that that job in everyday life. So so we start to uh, imagining about okay, if 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 there is no gigs for musicians, for dancers, for photographers, for theater workers, so what do they do? If there is no kids, if they have to do a social distancing during the kids, what are their new strategy to deal with that? And if they lost their kids, what are their plan B in order to survive in everyday life or in order to continue their artistic work in the future? So, so basically, we we uh, start from 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 everyday life, from their own, uh, from young people, young creative workers' experience, and then from that, we try to uh, at least do a research and then try to find and to understand and maybe um, uh, suggest some policy recommendation in order to 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 contribute. Did you only focus on Jakarta for this uh, research? Yeah. So uh, for that research, we particularly focus on Yogyakarta, yeah, because I mean, like three of us lives in Yogyakarta, and many of our colleague and our friends uh, among the young artists got, got an unpredictable impact of this pandemic. So so I guess uh, it triggers us to, to start from Yogyakarta, but also objectively, like, as you know, uh, Yogyakarta also uh, contribute it economically from this creative sector. Yeah? It's quite, quite big, the, the contribution in terms of economy yeah, uh, for Yogyakarta. So it also makes us, okay, what happened if in the future, uh, Jogja, as a city of culture and, a, and, a, and as a city that basically nurture uh, cosmopolitan values, then it, it won't it won't be like that again in, in the future. So we, we, we start to uh, aware of that. So so that's why it, it's uh, uh, we, we want to start from 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 Jogja to understand what what happened first in Jogja. That's interesting, yeah. and especially you know for our listeners, uh, mm. particularly those who are familiar with Indonesia and and, and also Yogyakarta, would know the importance of uh, the creative sector in Yogyakarta and how pivotal that sector is to the life of the city itself, right? Like so, you conducting this yep. study on Yogyakarta is actually uh, looking at the very heart of Yogyakarta and how it's been impacted by COVID. May I yep. ask, um, what did you find from your research, Oki? Well, because it's it's uh, that research in terms of the the time frame, it it was actually done uh, during the first wave of the COVID, yeah, pandemic COVID nineteen in Yogyakarta. Well, basically, I mean, like that's 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 mostly the, the first stage of COVID, yeah. So it's it's I'm pretty sure the condition now, the recent condition is a bit different, yeah, a bit different right. because people yes. are more more into what they call new normal or something like that. But at the first wave, it's it's kind of like in the process of searching of doing a new normal. But uh, from from what we've uh, researched about these young creative workers, they are very reflexive. What I mean by reflexive is that they, they, they are actively improvise and actively, you know, create and think and execute many forms of strategies in order to survive in everyday life economically, but also in order to be able to continue their 
artistic work in these uncertain times. Yeah. So, so the first thing that I want to highlight is they do reflexive and they also try to find a new ways of dealing with this this unpredictable condition in in time of pandemic. Yeah. Right. So. So that's 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 the first thing, yeah. Second stage is what we call doing something. So they start to you know to actively try to deal with the situation in economy sector, but also in the creative sector. I guess it makes sense because particularly uh, um, during the first wave of pandemic, and not just Indonesia but the rest of the world, people were not sure actually uh, what's mm. going on, right? Like how long mm. is this pandemic going to be? Uh, and I yeah. guess like uh, specific to Indonesia, as ha- it has been reported a lot, you know, the government was also quite unclear at that time about exactly. what mm. were some of the restrictions in place, uh, how long yeah. it's going to be. So mm. you know, and and your timeline was sort of around. About from March 2020 until about the end of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, that's it, right. It yeah, makes yeah, sense, yeah. you know, that, that sometimes mm. we don't we don't realize that uncertainties that happen at the policy level are also, you know, really influential to people's micro decision makings in terms exactly. of exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's why they also like in in that research we highlight also the importance of uh, social networks among young people. That's that's how Jogja as a city of culture actually actually survive. Um, it's based on the uh, one of them is the social network, and also of course it's also based on the. Uh, what what they call uh, cultural capital, yeah. Mm. So so they relying on 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 what they have, though, which is basically social and then cultural capital. So it's not it's not about the policy. Back and you know at at the first wave of the of the pandemic, they have to do it by themselves. Yes. So luckily, luckily for them, uh, the 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 third stage after the doing something is actually what they, what what I what we call relearning so they do this is what i call about they they have to find a new ways of dealing with the shift into the digital technology once again this is this is you know uh, for for these young creative workers it shows how how they also have to flexibly reconfort their 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 cultural capital yeah uh, in order to adapt with this new uh, digital technology challenge can you give um, us an example yeah. of um, some oh, of these strategies yeah, yeah. okay so, is, so there is a one of the young musician uh, his name is Adrian he, he used to be um, a very quite like you know respected musician who played at the orchestra in Jakarta So he, he used to play with you know many uh, famous Indonesian conductors, but uh, you know COVID happens and then just like just lost lost his job and he had to you know he had to went back to Jakarta and stay in Jakarta and then because the, he had no gigs but he has the 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 cultural capital of of writing or creating music he uh, creatively start his own project of making and composing a jingle song for kids and then he he, he he tried to you know upload that on youtube and then he also take take another job of creating like you know paid uh, yeah short music jingle and all that kind of stuff so so he, he has he that, that's one of the example that he uh, he tried to 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 find a new ways of doing things 
in this uh, digital uh, era. Yeah, that's mm. interesting. Um, in your <clears throat> estimate, and I don't know whether this was beyond the scope of your study, but mm. from your estimate, how badly was the creative industries impacted by the first wave of the COVID pandemic? I know it's quite difficult to put figures on it and in economic terms, yes, but like from yes, your yes. own <clears throat> example of how much it has impact impacted cultural life in Jakarta, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how severe was the impact of uh, of what happened last year? I mean, like if if in Jogja, almost maybe every week or almost every day there there were a live performance. But um, and then the pandemic is just like we you know we can't see any live performance. It's all now it's transforming into into. So now we watch YouTube in order to 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 see a live performance and all that kind of stuff. Right? Are they are so, these young? I'm sorry. Are these artists uh, moving their performances online? Is that something? Yes, that, you've been that some of them do that stuff too as a, as a part of the new ways of 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 uh, doing gigs in the in the live performance. But but this is also part of our finding that we find it very interesting that there is an actually well you know a social inequality in terms of who can actually had an access to you know to to improve their capacity to to deal with the dig- digital transformation mm. uh, not only you know in terms of cultural capital but also infrastructure for example you need a good laptop you need a good other you know software and you also need to understand too how to do a live performance online that's totally different i mean like you know <laughs> I can't you imagine. have a, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like teaching, like us. Like, you know, it's like that, that's one of the important things that we also find that uh, social inequality. And um, that's uh, that's why. So this is this is why it's also important. This is how we need to intervene in terms of policy mm. or maybe uh, more into kind of like a collective forms of solidarity mm. in order to at least you know to make the to make this digital uh, to make the social inequality to, to reduce the social inequality may i so ask mas yeah. mm. um, was there some kind of aid uh, or uh, financial mm. aid or you know yeah. um, some other social assistance provided by uh, the provincial yeah. government to help these mm. struggling artists yeah, so um, in, in our research, yeah, well, the informants, the young people, the young creative workers, they do say that there are uh, there were uh, assistance from from the government, from the local governments. Yeah, so they they got uh, like a small grant to you know to 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 create performance. Mm. Yeah, uh, to create performance, but <clears throat> at first it's temporary, but I think it's it still happened until now. So I think it's it's also a good thing that. Since the the new normal is still confusing, short midterm of subsidy or assistance from local government, I think it's still important. Yeah, mm. uh, while we are waiting until the normal, the new normal will be more stable. So uh, they did, uh, they did uh, give an assistance for 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 the uh, for the young creative workers. However, of course. You know that 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 forms of assistance uh, or subsidies. You know it's it's always limited amount of of that. So it's it's once again it uh, it didn't uh, distribute it equally too, right? Mm-hmm. And and also of course there is always a, a priority of which form of artistic work that they want to subsidize, right? Uh, some of some of the artistic work is very friendly in terms of you know. Maybe in in the digital form, it is very friendly for the tourism 
you know, entertainment, but some other artistic work is maybe not that popular form of work. But also what, what is more also interesting is uh, besides they are uh, relying on the local government subsidy, but they also actually try to help each other, you know, among these young creative workers they do. Uh, they form like various collectives. Mm. And basically in this collective, they, they collaborate with many different uh, creative sectors. For example, in, in one of our um, findings, uh, our informants, he, he forms an actual collective with, uh, with a space, with an actual space. Mm. So they, they can gather uh, photographer, uh, video makers, uh, musician, and then also dancer, yeah. But in in a minimum um, um, numbers, yeah, not not a big message. So so they they uh, from this collective they they share actually, you know, they they share and they they create uh, a new product, and then maybe you know they they accept some jobs from you know certain company or mm. some government institution and all that kind of stuff. What, what I want to say it's 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 not only one sided of you know, depending on, depend on the government assistance, but, mm. but, you know, they also like, you know, actively creating a collective. Yeah. It is one thing that has been remarkable, isn't it? Like uh, your research mm. uh, is about the first wave of the pandemic. Of course, since then, we've seen even worse circumstances, right? Like uh, that we've been seeing in the last, um, in the last uh, two months, you know, with the Delta variant and the second wave of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. And throughout it all, we've seen amazing resilience, uh, amazing uh, displays of people helping each other. Um, I know your research has not covered the second wave of the pandemic must yeah, uh, but yeah. i was wondering whether um you can up to uh you know keep us up to date about that uh and and your observations uh about the second wave of the pandemic and what what it has done uh to these artists and also the young uh, sorry the the creative industries more broadly can you comment on that well i guess it's uh, okay i'll just make a brief comment on this yeah it's not yet based on the you know rigorous research but mm. it's based on my observation yeah but uh, not all of these young creative workers survive in these creative sectors yeah well, many of them have to do a totally different job mm. yeah uh, because like maybe their choice of artistic work is not that popular enough or maybe it's it's just you know um, it's just totally different things so they have to find a new job a new things to do mm. uh, yeah so so unfortunately it happens too uh, but on the other hand we also see the positive side the op optimistic side of these young creative workers because I mean, like, you know, artistic work is about passion, mm. you know, and when it's your passion, it's in your blood and you have to do, you know, everything in order to, 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 you know, to, to, to do your passion, you know, to continue your passion. So, so what do they do now? It's they, some of them also creatively, for example, for this young musician, yeah, uh, they, they, they do their own show in, in their home studio. And then they uh, make a invite for a donation, mm. right? Like on Patreon, invite for donation for people. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So. So. And then also they featuring featuring uh, vocalists from different city and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's 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 very interesting. That's that's the the first thing that we find. Um, it's they how they survive. And then the other things that 
in the second wave of pandemic is uh, for 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 them who still do uh, gigs, they keep the 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 members minimum, but with the very strict health protocol. For example, you know, for this young musician or dancer who usually perform in a wedding mm. party, yeah, usually it's, usually it's a full band. But 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 not. Of course, you can't do a full band, and you can, uh, and also the audience can do a request to sing. Usually, you know, papa <laughs> papa or kakek kakek, they you know they sing you know nostalgic. Gosh, song. I miss I miss Indonesian wedding parties. <laughs> but now they they can't do that. But you know this 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 young young uh, young musician, for example, they they do uh, adapt with these new new rules. Yeah, so they keep it minimum. Uh, they use a health protocol, and then also they don't accept requests from from uh, the audience and all that kind of stuff. So, so I guess uh, that's a bit of of of, of updates. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, for young musicians, and also I guess like many of the dancers, they also creatively continue and also create their own online class. Mm. Yeah, uh, usually it's in sanggar. Yeah, uh, if you know sanggar is workshop, dance. Yeah. Yeah, workshop. Yeah, untuk, for for dancing now. Now they uh, mix between uh, the online uh, ways of teaching. Yeah, to do a dance, to do to dance, and also in actual sanggar. Okay. Obviously, so far we've been talking about the experiences of young creative workers in Yogyakarta as per your most recent study. Uh, but uh, in, as a whole, you're also a youth sociologist who uh, keeps tabs on the challenges faced by young people in Indonesia. So may I ask you then, uh, what is the situation for young people in Indonesia today during the COVID pandemic, uh, both the first wave of the pandemic last year and also uh, in more recent times with the second wave of the pandemic? Um, can you comment about some of the challenges and issues faced by young people in Indonesia today? Okay, so for young people, I guess now it's the one of the challenging time yeah, because it's totally a different uh, uh, life experience compared to previous generation. And I guess, you know, in, in this time of crisis and disruption, I guess one of the uh, one of the main concern if you talk about young people is is what, what are they going to do in the future? I mean, like in terms of, um, you know, in, in youth studies, we, we usually uh, differentiate between uh, different domains of, 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 of transition and domain of culture. Uh, one of them that I guess um, had a most significant impact is related to the domain of work. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess it's in, in, in this condition where everything is digitalized, like how we gonna, how, how this, how young people, how this young generation, even there are claim of their, that they're digital native or something, but I guess, you know, not all of them are, are digital native and, able to you know uh, uh, um, make benefit from mm. from digital technology so so i guess it, it makes us think about what are the the future jobs future work for the, for for these young people and i guess like you know whether they do all of them have to shift into a digital technology or what about the other the other other job that doesn't have to be related with uh, digital technology. Mm. Are they gonna still exist, or are they 
you know, or the technology will replace them or, or what. So I guess that's that's one of the uh, uh, concerns that we, we need to rethink uh, mm. uh, in, in the future. And and the, the second thing uh, related to young people, what they have to face in the future is uh, in terms of how they kind of their, their process of learning, yeah, especially mm. like like you know your own experience, uh, and also all, all of this all of lecture in around the world that we have to teach um, online. So how how uh, what are the new ways of of learning online in in the condition of you know uh, infrastructure is also unequally distributed yeah and right. uh, in, in in indonesia especially so that's also become a, a new challenge for this these uh, young people related to education so okay i think my last question then uh, has to do with uh, what more can be done right by uh, government by civil society uh, by society at large right to provide support for uh, these young people that that you have studied right and i know this was one of the recommendations in your publication too uh, what do you think um, can be done more to support uh, these young people well, yeah, I guess it, it is important to create more diverse and sustainable uh, collectives, yeah, uh, for this uh, uh, for this young creative worker as a meeting point, not only to share uh, relevant uh, capital, but also to maintain their. Of course, because it is, it is transforming into digital, I guess it is important to give a you know kind of like uh, more access to digital skills training. Mm. for these young people and also of course uh, training is not enough we need to build uh, or establish a digital ecosystem for this creative worker uh, of course it has to be uh, mixed between non-digital and digital ecosystem yeah? it, it, you can't separate both and you can't just relying on digital ecosystem it, it has to be both so i guess it is it is important and while uh, the pandemic is still uncertain yeah when it's gonna end so i guess giving a subsidize for creative worker uh, for the short term and then midterm i guess it's still important in order to make them uh, survive and then maybe continue uh, their artistic work in the future thank you so much uh, mas okay, okay for your wonderful uh, interviews and um and thank you again for your time for talking to us uh, in this episode thank you my pleasure Charlotte. That was my conversation with Dr. Oki Rahadianto Sutopo. Talking Indonesia will return on the 23rd of September next week. Remember, you can find the entire Talking Indonesia podcast archive at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog, subscribe via iTunes so you'll never miss an episode, or find us via your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been Charles Satyadi for the Talking Indonesia podcast. Bye for now.